1: Episode of Let's... Check my watch here. One, two, three. <laughs> Carry the three. Odd. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by the Master of Ceremonies, Mr. Christopher Chavez. What shop? What
0: shop? That's me. What's going on, Chris? What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's going, you felt so depressed, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know dude, lucky uh, like you are like over there, the man it's the yeah. man getting me down,, but I gotta I gotta take that that saying, wasn't that the saying, don't let the man get you down, yeah, they'd say that yeah. in seventies people walk, don't let the man get you down, dude, yeah, I don't think they yeah. said, dude, but oh well, no they said, dude, I'm sure they did, maybe in California, <laughs> I'll
1: back you up on that, uh, Chris, <laughs> before we get started on today's episode of that's uh, odd, yeah, I think we should tell. Our lovely, beautiful, stunning—what's uh, the other words I used? Oh yeah, orgasmic audience. Uh, Ear
0: orgasmic. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> we're making sweet love to your ears <laughs> and producing podcast babies and Ooh. Uh, the little podcast sperm. Now we're going too far. <laughs> 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 oh. Uh, I I think we should tell our, our audience uh, what me and you are planning. Uh, we got something special, I feel, in the works coming very soon. Maybe even this week if we get our act together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For Fridays, uh, be every Friday if we do it right. <laughs> yep. Uh, if what you're you uh, if you're part of our Facebook page, you will definitely know this is coming. Uh, we're going to be doing a live every Friday. Uh, we're going to be doing a show. Uh, that's just, uh, it's going to be video. You get to mm-hmm. see our lovely, uh, stunning faces and, uh, we're going to be just talking creepy. Uh, it's going to be called creeping it real. I believe that's what we decided on. Yeah. Yeah. I, just did. I, had look, I, I had to look, I
0: had to, I had to look at it real quick. I was like, where was it? What was it? We, we just went through a lot on? of
1: names. <laughs> so, uh, and we're just gonna be talking about what's like, what's happened in the news. Uh, it's just gonna be like a free form talk about creepy stuff. And obviously, uh, we look for you to interact with us during these and all this. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it and uh, I'm fortunate yeah, Chris to join
0: me. I think you said something along the lines of at some point you, you could see this becoming like an art bell coast to coast style show yeah, where we're yes. talking about stuff. We have people call in and, and yeah, interact with us. Uh, we read emails maybe and, and stories, but yeah, I think this would be a good time. I think doing something live every, every week, making a weekly thing of it. Um, along with a podcast. So everybody's still going to get their podcasts uh, on the History Creeps feed. But this is completely separate, just a live video show, um, probably a four-hour show that... (laughs) <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, oh uh, no! <laughs> it's, it was such.
1: It's one of those things that just you know hit me, and I'm like I was quite confused. Uh, one hour is what he means.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe an hour, half hour, forty minutes, hour. But yeah, yeah, that's the idea. We just want to kind of get together, do a live video show for the Creepers, um, and that's that's not ju- that's not all. That's not all, Johnny. Um, oh, I think it's time the Creepers get what we've been promising. I got to tell you, I think it's time we start putting it out there oh well this is i got in trouble in a couple states one time for this <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm thinking sorry um, North dakota <laughs> by upcoming weekends so listeners will hear this uh usually this episode drops on the weekend saturday or sunday uh the goal will be to have this episode drop on saturday so they'll hear it um but also friday we'll talk about it on the live stream but the goal is december 13th which is a sunday the History Creeps Patreon will be back.
1: That's right. We used to have one a while back, but mm-hmm. then we all got super busy, and we just weren't living up to it. Yeah, can't uh, take I
0: people's mean, money without giving them the content. Right. Yeah, so.
1: and we all uh, and uh, sort of feeling awfully bad about it. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> so seriously. we stopped it. But so, we banked. But we have banked audio now We're yes we've got that. a
0: lot of content a lot of good uh original content we've got new series that will be uh you that you can only get on patreon that's uh, right and the nice thing is the nice thing is is this time there's no tears it's just one set right. price yeah you pay Except one set price yeah you get a couple tears yeah uh, you get some snot rags to to dab them up that's <sighs> right i cry every day <laughs> But uh yeah the idea is is that um you know one set price gets them access to that um a lot of the new shows some you know exclusive stuff and we might even throw some old school uh things that we used to have on the patreon back up there for them so that they can get some of that old school content as well.
1: Oh that it's going to be fun. Uh we got a lot of plans for it. Uh you know like Chris was saying we literally have uh, been banking some new shows for this thing too so uh I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh so and we're not going to be that expensive i don't know i don't think we've set a price yet, but it's uh, not it's, it's
0: thirty five dollars oh thirty
1: five dollars uh per host, so that's you know i'm going to get thirty five and Chris will get 35 <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah, no we haven't said it just yet, but it's definitely going to be super affordable, especially in these times we know covid yeah. is, is is a little crazy, so uh we want to make sure that we make it uh, affordable as well. Right,
1: right. So I look forward to that. Uh, I look forward to our other new show. We're always adding shows to History Creeps, apparently. And we're going to keep doing it. That's so. fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. But for today, for That's Odd, Chris. Yes. What
0: do you have for our lovely, beautiful audience? Gorgeous. Orgasmic. Um, <laughs> today, I am going to be taking you back... Uh, it's just a, a couple of years in the past. We're going to the f- the 1560s. Oh wow! Nice. 1560s in Europe. Um, to get us there, though, I wanted to kind of go over a few things in terms of history and the climate and what was going on at the time, right. uh, uh, in Europe in the 1560s. So, uh, you're familiar with the Renaissance, yeah? Yes. So the Renaissance roughly took place between you know mid mid to late 1300s into roughly mid 1600s. Um, the idea behind the Renaissance was coming out of the Dark Ages. There was this kind of renewal, reinvigoration in the arts. Um, education became a little bit more accessible. People were learning how to read uh, and and write uh, because previous to that it was mostly church. The church and some royals, you know, they, they knew how to write. Uh, monks, a lot of times, had to copy the Bible, so they knew what they were doing. <clears throat> but typically, when it came to reading and writing, you know, peasants were were illiterate. The Renaissance changed that. There was, uh, you know, this kind of <clears throat> excuse me. There was this kind of uh, uh, rebirth in terms of the arts, um, in writings, in in paintings, and sculpting, uh, in architecture. It was just this this explosion of of um, of creativity, if you will and and progress okay so just a couple of points that are that uh things that happened in the renaissance that are going to lead us up to this era um Thirteen oh eight, Dante writes his epic poem, The Divine Comedy. I'm just going to give you quick little pieces here of things that happened. In 1450, Johann Gutenberg invents the printing press. This right here becomes one of the more uh, important aspects to to the Renaissance, is because uh, the printing press making making you know literature more accessible, making copies, being able to to pass them out. This is why people started to learn to read and and kind of expand their knowledge. What this also did, this also helped spread uh, religion, right? The Catholic Roman Catholic religion, and some of the newer up and coming religions, um, like the Jesuits or the Protestants. So, um, the printing press was a big deal at the time. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, 1453, the Ottoman Empire captures the city of Constantinople, signaling an end to the Byzantine Empire. Um, in 1495. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci paints the oh, Last like Leonardo. Supper. Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo He paints the <laughs> Last Supper. Um, 1498. This, now, here's this, this is a big explosion. A lot of stuff happened between 1495 and 1527. So, da Vinci paints the Last Supper. Uh, in 1498, Vasco da Gama arrives in India. Uh, 1501, Michelangelo begins his work on the sculpture. David um oh uh, 1503 da Vinci also paints the Mona Lisa 1508 Michelangelo begins his painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel like just think about the undertakings that these artists I mean you're an artist Johnny you know think about this just the amount of uh, of output these guys were doing on that level at that time
1: yeah it's pretty insane honestly it's it's insanely wild
0: yeah uh, and they ninja turtles on the side that's pretty impressive. There you go, fifteen oh nine. King Henry the Eighth. He becomes king of England. Uh, we also have fifteen eleven. Raphael paints his masterpiece, the school piece, the School of Athens. Um, 15, and he's cool,
1: but rude.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fifteen seventeen, dude. Martin. This is another important thing. Martin Luther. Posts his ninety-five thesis on the door of the Church of Wittenberg. This signals the start of the Reformation. Uh, that's a big. That's a big kind of influence on what we're going to see happen in the fifteen-sixties. You know, there's a there's a bunch of other things here that that happen. One of the oh, this is cool too. Fifteen nineteen, Ferdinand Magellan begins his voyage around the world. So, are you familiar with the Reformation, Martin Luther, and the Reformation? Uh, vaguely, yes. Okay. So the idea here is that for people who may not know is Martin Luther at the time uh, was, was, he was a monk who was uh, questioning the practices of the Catholic church, uh, which in those days, like you did that, you go, you're dead. They're putting you to death. You do not question the church because you are basically God.
1: Yeah. They're basically the ultimate authority. Yeah.
0: So, um, I think we talked about this once on history creeps, a rundown of things that happened on Halloween, but October 31st, 1517 is when Luther, uh, Martin Luther puts up the 95 points against the church. And the idea was, is these were 95 different points he was making, uh, to show where the Catholic church and their practices contradicted, uh, what the Bible said and how we really should be acting. One of the big things was that, um, back in those days, if you, Say you're sinner. You're a sinner, right? Like nowadays, if you're a Catholic, you go to church. You're supposed to sit and confess, um, do whatever the the reparate, whatever the the, the you know the the father, the priest tells you to do. You know, so many Hail Marys or right. or do some good acts, whatever it is. You do this, and it's supposed to cleanse you, so that if for any reason you you get struck by lightning before you sin again, you're you're gonna go to heaven. There's no question. You're you're good. Um, back in those days, if you decided you wanted to be a sinner and you didn't want to deal with doing the prayers and doing all that stuff. If you have money, you just gave money, gave the church money. Say, here, here's my donation. They're like, you're going to heaven. Oh and man, That's all. You didn't know that, right? You just pay your way so to heaven. <laughs> um, Martin Luther was like, yeah, that's not okay. Um, and when he started arguing against that, saying that the Bible doesn't require payment to get into to heaven, people stopped giving the church money. And they called him a heretic. They kicked him out. Um, but that's to show you this, this change in, in thinking, right? So then that becomes the, the, the Lutheran religion, if you will. But the idea is is in this area, there's a lot of different kinds of religions that are starting to compete for, for supremacy, if you will, a mortal combat of religions. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da-da-da-da>. <laughs> Finish him, Lord. <laughs> um, and Martin then- Luther versus the Pope. <laughs> Fight. Um, Fidelity. Uh, so this, this affects what we're about to talk about. Um, also the, the times, right? So the you're talking about having come out of the the dark ages. Um, there's a little thing I found on, on Wright university's website. Uh, there's a, an essay that somebody had written about this time and it's about the commoners life. I just wanted to read this real quick to just kind of get you, give you a feel for what kind of world they're living in. Right. Um, and then in the 1500s and 1600s, almost 90% of Europeans lived on farms or small rural communities. Uh, crop failure and disease was a constant threat to life. Uh, wheat bread was the favorite staple, but most peasants lived on rye and barley in the form of bread and beer. These grains were cheaper and higher yield, uh, though they were less tasty. Um, another part of this is like the family was a primary social and economic unit in the European life. Inheritance and occupation was usually determined by family membership. Uh, families weren't as, I mean, the nuclear families, like the nucleus of a family, it was no more than five or six people. This A lot of this was due to the times. People died earlier. Also, uh, women and men didn't get married until a little bit later in their mid to late 20s, whereas now we see people get married, you know, sometimes right out of high school. Uh, urban life, the segregation of sexual was greater because the public and private lives were more distinct. Women were excluded from government and from most of the guilds. Widowed women were exceptions to the general rule. This might assume some of the independence and public roles normally uh, reserved for men. And you know what happens in those days, in the arcane thinking, when you have a woman who's independent and not in need of a man. She's a witch! Witch, yes. There were witch trials and witch hangings and women put to death all throughout. I mean, we always talk about the Salem, Massachusetts one, but this happened a lot throughout, um, you know, during the Renaissance, during Europe at this time. So you're talking about a time when you know, war is a big deal. There's constant fighting um, religion. There's all these different kinds of, uh, of ways of thinking that are coming into the people's mindsets, and they're coming out of the Dark Ages. So they're still holding on to a lot of pagan beliefs. They're still holding on to a lot of beliefs in terms of witchcraft and things like that. So what I'm about to tell you here, the 1561, we're going to Nuremberg, Germany, okay? This actually, what I'm about to tell you comes from a woodcut engraving from that time. You know what a woodcut engraving is?
1: Yes, it's a uh, engraving
0: cut into wood. <laughs> yeah, basically, you take a you take a block of wood and yeah, um, whatever picture, whatever picture you want to to print onto paper, um, uh, which you know, Gutenberg came up with this process of printing, you, you would gouge out the the design. So as an artist, you could understand this, that whatever you're gouging out is is not going to have any ink. It's whatever you're leaving at the same surface of, of the wood still that's going to have the ink. So right. it's your design. So this, 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 what I'm about to read here is literally from a broad sheet um, woodcut engraving. So back in those days, in the 1500s uh, and 1600s, broad sheets were just almost like newspapers, just a big sheet of paper with stories and, and uh, you know, and and illustrations. A lot of times it was like what was going on in in the area, but most of the time they were always kind of um, supernatural, like, like signs from God or you saw this or that. Right. Yeah. So here we go, man. We're going to 1561 Nuremberg, Germany. So what I'm about to tell you is known as the 1561 Celestial Phenomenon over Nuremberg. This was considered a mass sighting of a celestial phenomenon above the city. Uh, there's two lines of thoughts when we're in modern day thinking about this. There's a lot of people who think it was, it was a natural kind of thing occurring in nature. And then there's people who think that uh, they're out there. You, right. know? you, uh, uh, you have to believe here we go. This is the exact, a- a- the actual uh, writing from the woodcut. In the morning of April 14th, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun, and then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates and in the country, by many men and women. At first there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood-red semicircular arcs, just like the moon in its last quarter and in the sun above and below and on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a round ball of partly dull, partly black ferrous color. Likewise, there stood on both sides and as a torus about the sun, such blood red ones and other balls in large number about three in a line and four in a square. Also some alone. In between these globes, there were visible a few blood-red crosses, between which there were blood-red strips, becoming thicker to the rear and in the front, malleable like the rods of a reed grass, which were intermingled. Among them, two big rods, one on the right, the other on the left. And within the small and big rods, there were three, also four or more globes. These all started to fight amongst themselves so that the globes, which were first in the sun, flew out to the ones standing on the both sides. Thereafter, the globes standing outside the sun in the small and large rods flew into the sun. Besides the, globes, uh, besides, the globes flew back and forth among themselves and fought vehemently with each other for over an hour. And when the conflict in and again out of the sun was most intense, they became fatigued to such an extent that they all, as said above, Fell from the sun down upon the earth as if they all burned, and then wasted away on the earth with immense smoke. After all this, there was something like a black spear, very long and thick, sighted. The shaft pointed to the east, the point pointed to the west. Whatever such a sign means, God alone knows. Although we have seen shortly one after another many kinds of signs on the heavens which are sent to us by the Almighty Mighty God. To bring us to repentance, we still are, unfortunately, so ungrateful that we despise such high signs and miracles of God. Or we speak of them with ridicule and discard them to the wind, in order that God may send us a frightening punishment on the account of our ungratefulness. After all, the God-fearing will by no means dis- uh, and miracles of God sorry, the God-fearing will by no means discard these signs, but will take it to the heart as a warning of their merciful Father in heaven. They will bend their lives and faithfully beg God that he may avert his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment on us, so that way we, we may temporarily here and perpetually there live as his children. For may God grant us his help. Amen. By Hans Glaser, letter painter of Nuremberg. Nuremberg. So reading that's a little tough because the style of writing right it wasn't the the kind of grammatical flow we're used to there's a lot of different interjections with with wording and phrases and they use a lot of different commas or or you know uh, punctuations in, in different spots but basically what they're saying is they woke up in the morning right and so many people when they woke up early that morning looked to the sky and saw these just fantastic things globes moving around and it seemed like they were battling they came you know, some of them crashed to the ground and burned and smoke pillow uh, pillars of smoke come up. And then this kind of big, giant looking arrow, you know, big black looking arrow just kinds of crunk comes across the sky. And for them, this is a sign from God. This is God saying, you know, this, you guys need to get your act together. Kind of a thing. Obviously later on people look at this and say, well, Maybe maybe that was... uh. If I had the hair, dude, I'd, I'd be like, had to be, al- had to be aliens. <laughs> it was aliens, right? Ancient a- explorers. Ancient alien theorists. There you go. Exactly. Um, now, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. Did you look up the image of this thing?
1: I feel like I've seen it before. I'm going to look it up now.
0: Yeah, it's a 1561 Celestial... Fi- or you can just put Battle over Nuremberg even. Uh, but And then images you'll just see. And obviously this is the artist's rendition, right? This looks like what you would think a medieval um, illustration would look like. The sun has a face, you know, it's got the, the, the little, I don't know, ribbons hanging off of it to, to kind of uh, make it look like it's the rays of the sun. Yeah. But it's all of these like colored red and blue and, you know crosses and these tube like things with all the red red things coming out like this is how they drew that this is what they're saying they saw with the big black arrow and if you look down to the bottom right there's the smoke coming up from the fields yeah um and then there's a little you know little people down there staring up at the sky and looking at that and looking at this go down
1: so i've definitely, I've definitely seen this before like this picture i recognized
0: um this wasn't the only time this happened though uh, it happened one more time in Switzerland in 1566. There was a series of mass sightings. Um, it was called the celestial Phenomena over Basel. And if you look at a pamphlet from 1566, that describes the unusual sunrise and sunsets. Um, this one's a lot shorter. I'll read it real quick. It says uh, during the year 1566 on the 27th of July, after the sun had shown warm on the clear bright skies, and then around 9 PM, it suddenly took a different shape and color. First, the sun lost all of its radiance and luster. It was no bigger than the full moon. And finally, it seemed to weep tears of blood and the air behind him went dark. And I love the way they call the, the sun him. Yeah. And, he, and he was seen by all the people of the city and the countryside. And much the same way, also the moon, which has already been almost full and has shone through the night, assuming an almost blood red color in the sky. The next day, Sunday, the sun rose at about six o'clock and slept with the same appearance it had when it was lying before. He lit the houses, streets, and around as if everything was blood red and fiery. At the dawn of August 7th, we saw large black spheres coming and going with great speed and precipitation before the sun and chatters as if they led a flight. Many of them were fiery red and soon crumbled and then extinguished. Interesting, right?
1: Yeah, very much so. There's a lot to take in there. So um,
0: there's all that piece. Now, yeah. um, this is gonna. This this might make uh true believers feel like oh man, but there, there there's a chance that this is there's true science to this. Have you ever heard of a sundog? Um, no, I have not. Sundogs is a halo type of um. It's a it's an optical thing with the sun, and it, it it's about the way the sunlight refracts through the particles in the air. Uh, a lot of times, if it's cold in the air and there's crystals, sometimes when you see the sun rising, you you will see an almost uh, an indistinct halo around it but for sure on to the right and left super bright kind of they call them sun dogs because they're literally look like dogs sit you know flanking either side of the sun like not dogs physically but like if you could imagine they're sitting there kind of guarding them right um if you look online you can look and see a lot of these kinds of refracting uh uh, halos that the sun you know these and, and it's it's all natural phenomena but there's a couple pictures that show in a certain lighting at a certain time of year you know, with a certain, you know, time of day that not only will that happen, but you're going to see all kinds of lines and stuff kind of, and it's all, it's all, um, it's all halo, it's all light, but it's, it's, they're all in different shapes, you know, and it's, it's, it's extremely strange. And you got to remember back then people thought like lightning was literally coming down from a God shooting down these, these bolts. Right. So Somebody seeing that in the sky, I could see with th- their mentality, not having education, not having science up to where it needs to be, that that's the, the first thing you're going to think is that these things are all moving around. Now, I can't explain why they saw orbs moving around or what fell down. In- right. That's what I was
1: about to say. Yeah. And
0: smoke came up into the air. So the, uh, the theory there is that... um. It's just like papers anywhere, dude. They want to sell papers, right? So the more fantastic and the more kind of uh, out there the story is, people would buy them. And a lot of times, it was these kinds of things—weird things that were seen in the sky, you know, signs from here. This person's a witch there. So, uh, for me, it was—it's—it's it's really interesting when you look back at that time and realizing how primitive they still were in terms of of knowledge, and right. seeing how they 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 interpret these, these things, I still want to know the smoke.
1: Yeah. That's the part that perplexed me is, uh, you know, like I can take the explanation of, of the sun dogs. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure when people saw the Northern lights for the first time, they didn't know what they were looking at either. You know, yeah. just some weird phenomenon, uh, but it's, but there's little aspects of it. unless they were just making it up to sell papers, like you said, or to sell, to make money. Uh, the <laughs> what, fact that something fell from the sky and was smoke was coming from it yeah
0: it was, it was said that was like literally or black orbs flying from the sun so like yeah. first of all if you look at the sun how are you going to see a black orb falling out of the sun do you know what i mean like yeah. that's a little much uh but the other piece of it for me um what if, what if it was they're seeing just it's all just a regular phenomenon, and then like out in the fields, the dudes like burning his trash. All of a sudden, <laughs> the smoke's coming up. And they're like, oh, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it is. It's interesting. Uh, it could be one of two things. You know, obviously, it could be natural, and they didn't know what they were looking at. Or you know, yeah. w- we like to believe. So it's swampy. Yes, maybe they <laughs> were seeing things, though. Right? Like, why is it that UFOs only showed up in the 1940s? Does't make any sense? We see so much artwork from medieval times that depict weird kind of objects in the sky. yeah, yeah, so it's a it was a cool case, and then I saw that it it had happened uh, again a couple years later um it was in Sw- in Switzerland this time, but still, like for me, interesting, really cool so I had never heard of this before in my life
1: i don't I didn't know the whole story, but I definitely had seen that picture before.
0: Okay. You were What's like, the well, they're playing marbles back in the day.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of looks like that a little bit,
0: right? Red and blue marbles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I, th- I think it's cause I had, you know, I'd always get UFO books when I was a kid. So maybe that's part
0: of it. Yeah. But. I'm sure there's um, a website where I got a lot of my information from, uh, well here, yeah, I want to say the websites. So I, so I did get it from Wright State uh, University. There's also, <laughs> so for the, my Renaissance timeline, there's a kid site. It's, it's called Duckster's. It's an education site, uh, but they just had a really nice, you know, concise uh, timeline. So I used them as well. Uh, obviously, Wikipedia brought us some info, but then there's a site called um, above top secret.com. So if you look up above top and you also look up Nuremberg UFO battle of 1561 debunked, this is a guy who really goes in depth to explain how how sun dogs work, how, how the, um, you know, the halos and all these different kind of natural phenomena when it comes to light refracting through our, 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 uh, atmosphere, how it can look like that. And there's a lot of pictures where he points out certain things. So I I look at that and I say, wow, I can see where they, why, where, you know, how this can be easily explained. But then there's just other pieces to that story, which unless it's, it's about selling papers, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very strange. Very, dare I say. Odd. Odd.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what do you got for me today?
1: Well, I'm going to see what you brought. I'm going to raise you a couple of uh, oopsies. Uh, I'm going to, you know, a couple of, did I do that?
0: <laughs> Oops, I did it again.
1: <laughs> yes. As <laughs> Brittany once said. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk about a few blunders that have happened in our history. This is only a few uh Uh, obviously there's a lot more we could talk about. That's why I didn't want to do a lot. So maybe I can bring, you know, uh, look at this again in
0: the future blunders part two.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. First, we're going to go to uh, Fort Montgomery, New York. Chris, do you know this place? I do
0: not. Where's it at?
1: Uh, Do you know? I got to, it's getting dark in here. I got to look at this, get my glasses on that. I don't have, but I desperately need. Uh, (laughs) There's, (laughs) there's apparently
0: there's a small island in Lake Champlain. Oh, okay. So we we share the lake with Vermont. Okay. Champlain. Right. We're Champy, the home of that's Champy. What I was, that's what
1: I was about to say, yeah.
0: Yes. yes, sir. So it's a very famous lake, really, for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. It's far from me, though. So, yeah, it's on the other side of the state.
1: I like how anytime anything's in New York, I assume you know what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny. It's a pretty big state when you come to think about it, but yeah, yeah.
1: it really is. But I don't remember my <laughs> dumb piece of brain thinks otherwise, uh, <laughs> even though like I, I couldn't tell you anything going on in Raleigh or anything like it in North Carolina. I know, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I think I do the same. I'm always like, Oh, North Carolina, this is by you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, nope. Just kind of, it, it helps orient us. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh,
1: there was a fort that was beginning to be built there, mm-hmm. um, to, and the, the idea for this fort, of course, was like any other fort for protection, right? Uh, to protect the northern frontier from assault. There's a lot of things back then uh, that could attack. Uh, you know, This was during the 1800s and even before that, so you had all kinds of different people who were wanting to, uh, to attack the area, and they
0: were very concerned about this. One question. Did they have anything to protect um, from a pepper?
1: No, no, salt, just the salt. Okay, uh, if you had pepper, you were done, good to go, full of sneezes. Uh, <laughs> war of eighteen twelve, we've all heard of that. Yeah, go war of eighteen twelve. Uh, during this, Britain, the British, had imposed a naval blockade to stop America from trading with the French. Uh, they didn't want us to do that, so they said, "No, uh, we won't let you." Because this is also during the time where the British. And their navy was the navy, right? They oh, were yeah. the they were the big uh, the big sea dogs, as I say. They yeah, you much saw them the coming.
0: You were done. You were done. Yeah. Forget it. Yes, the Royal Royal Navy, I think it was called. Yeah, British Royal Navy.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just saying yes. I don't have it written down, but I'm assuming <laughs> you're right. Uh, but this uh, kind of ramped up. People thought, well, hey, we need more protection. Especially with things that are near water and all this type of stuff. So, we need to finish building this fort. So, they ramped up efforts to build this thing so they could have protection. And they finally almost have it done. And they're getting really proud of their work. But, Chris, they realized there was a problem. Uh oh. After they were almost done, they realized oopsies. Uh, They built it on the wrong side of the border. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, So what happened to it, uh, it's still kind of there. Uh, The area that it was built is there, but it's known as Fort Blunder now. Oh, my God. And uh, actually, a lot of it was kind of destroyed because locals would actually take pieces of it to build their houses with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they built it then they couldn't even post anyone there because there's right. like, ah, wrong side Well, let's <laughs> just leave it there and people are like there's some rock let's go get that yeah some limestone man that'll look good in my house see that picture frame i need that one picture frame window <laughs> yeah
1: so now let's move on to another oopsies oops uh donald curry this man was a grad student geologist uh, he had just finished school and he was a Full fledged geologist. What did he want to do? He wanted to study uh, ice age events, right? He wanted okay. to uh, see if he could study stuff that happened during the ice age. To help to do this, he wanted to really look into and study uh, the age of, I'm going to try to get this right, bristle cone pine trees in White Pine County, Nevada. Okay. These are very special trees. Very specific, they, man. And the reason he wanted to. To study these specific trees is because they're known to live for thousands of years. Ah, okay, they're, they're really old trees. He'll right? get
0: some. He'll get something off that.
1: Right, 1964 is the year we're going to here. Curry was collecting tree core uh, tree core samples from a tree that was known as the Prometheus tree. This is a big yes. deal. This is a known tree with a name. However, he had an issue, and that was all the tools he was using to get these, get these core samples, kept breaking on them. This is a tough tree, mm-hmm. as they say, a tough nut to crack. Mm-hmm. And he was getting really mad and frustrated. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to go and ask permission uh, to cut down this tree. So he goes to the proper authorities, and they say, you know what? Sure. So he takes the chainsaw and just that thing up, right? And uh, starts studying these. But then, Chris, oopsies.
0: <laughs> Wrong tree. It's not even the kind he needs. <laughs> I, I wish. It's much worse than that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, after cutting this tree down
1: and he started really studying it, you know, I think a lot of people know you can like count the rings of a tree and kind of mm-hmm. dis-
0: discover how old it is. Let me ask you this real quick just to interject. Have you ever seen when people have taken the tree like that and shaved it thin enough and put it on a record player that the, the needle plays the rings? No. Look it up on YouTube and we're done, dude. It's some crazy sounding stuff. I have to. <laughs> I cannot not look at
1: that now. Uh, but uh, the oopsies here, Chris, is that he discovered that this tree he had just brutally murdered uh, was actually over five thousand years old, and was the oldest living tree on the planet at that oh time that they knew God. of. God,
0: holy cow. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Can <laughs> you imagine? He's like, 4,099. For- oh, God. <laughs> this is getting creepy. We've already passed what we thought was the oldest.
1: And they said, like, the National Park Service there in Nevada was very, quote, unquote, embarrassed about this. <laughs> because they told Only- him he could do it, right? Oh, so God. Egg they, <laughs> oh, on our face. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, we're gonna do more studies, and they were like, go out here to where all these trees are, and they never found one that even came close to his as oldest as oh, tree. God. Was. <laughs> oh god, oh god. So that was horrible. like the grandfather tree, right? That they yeah <laughs> that they took down. Man. So now we're gonna go to June nineteen sixty five. Oopsie. And this one will involve a very famous and one of my favorites. Uh the man in black himself, Johnny Cash.
0: Ooh, Johnny Cash. Oh uh, God, hold on a second. This isn't when he cuts his brother in half, is it? Oopsie. <laughs> no, no. Oh no, that was Dewey Cox. <laughs> yeah, that's. Dewey. Wait, did he that's really? Much different. <laughs> <laughs> different. But did Johnny Cash's brother really get cut in half?
1: He didn't get cut in half, but he did get he did die in a when he was really young in an accident very similar oh, to that God. where he was cut. Okay. Yeah, good. Lord. And it affected Johnny Cash for a long time because him and his brother were very close. Uh, all right, so that's yeah, not the whoopsie. <laughs> this isn't that is not the whoopsie at all. All right, so this is when he's already famous and he's already known and it's also when just to give you uh, uh everybody uh, I think anybody who's even remotely looking to Johnny Cash knows at one point he he had a drug issue. Yeah. And that's put it plainly and put it nicely. He was an addict. Yeah. Uh so he decides to go on a fishing trip with his nephew. And Uh, They actually start getting into an argument while they're on this fishing trip because uh, Johnny Cash decides he's going to mix drinks and narcotics together and uh, have a good old time.
0: That's going to be fine. Yeah.
1: And of course, uh, being a family member, the cousin was like, no, that's not cool. (laughs) Let's not do that. And he got so mad that he just walked off, left Johnny Cash there by himself. Right. And as he was walking off, uh, he turned around and he noticed and he saw smoke coming like just plumes of smoke and he runs back to discover Johnny Cash the man of black himself trying to uh, put out a roaring fire that had begun mm. now uh this fire spread awfully quickly
0: was it a ring no was it in a ring okay oh, no
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's this, the the, 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 even if you read more into this story, the cousin says things like he goes, he tried to get his, you know, I mean, not the cousin, the nephew says, uh, I tried to get my uncle to leave, but he was like refusing to. And he's like, I even tried to knock him out so I could drag him, but I couldn't <laughs> knock him out. Like swinging at him. He's, yeah. oh, He was like, he said he used a tree branch,
0: is what he claims. Oh, Jesus.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> he gonna kill him. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. Uh, it's like what eventually, the hell are you doing, bludgeoning him? I'm trying to knock them out. Yes. What's it look like? <laughs> um, so eventually,
1: he uh, they they do get out of there. However, uh, oopsies. <laughs> uh, they uh, over five hundred acres of the forest was burned down.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Good lord. Uh, and.
1: Of course, everybody wants to know uh, what happened, right? Unfortunately, the only one who was there who knows what happened exactly <laughs> was Johnny Cash. Also, unfortunately, he was drunk and stoned and uh, full of drugs at <laughs> this time. Johnny Cash claims that he had gotten into his truck and the truck had like a backfire type thing happen and and that started the fire. That's what he claims. Sure. The nephew thinks, even though he didn't see me, because he thinks that his uncle was trying to start a campfire, and <laughs> that he was just too you know drunk out of his mind or whatever, and couldn't <laughs> control it or do anything with it. <laughs> uh, but what actually ended up happening was the government itself would actually sue Johnny Cash. They took him to court. Wow, for hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which I'm sure is worth more is more now with inflation, but yeah. back back in the '60s, it's how so much. And he would settle out of court for eighty two thousand. Wow. And I don't think he ever said anything besides the story about his truck being the reason why that burned
0: down. He never changed his story. I want to see him writing that $80,000 check. And you know how it says for what at the bottom? He yeah. goes, oopsie. Yeah. Oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. That's crazy. Um, I think the one for me that is the crazy, like the, the worst of the oopsies is the middle one. Like cutting down the oldest yeah. tree ever on yeah. earth. <laughs> At least to, to, that's known to us, right? Man, yeah. that is, that's crazy.
1: That seems like when,
0: uh, you know, you're
1: playing a video game and uh, you're getting really mad and frustrated at the video game because you can't beat to a certain part, and you just throw your controller <laughs> and you break it and then you realize, oh, oh that was no, the last a, one. And that was an expensive controller.
0: <laughs> and I don't have another one. How am I supposed yeah. to play? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> man i didn't i didn't know the johnny cash story either though like i i mean i know a lot about his life um you know obviously pop culture things yeah. like that the music but I'd i never I, don't know why it's
1: it. not, I don't know why it's not more talked about like you can easily find records of it and stuff but uh, like if in most of his documentaries, like they don't even mention it.
0: <laughs> so, I have to. I'm gonna have to look back and listen to Ring of Fire now and see if he talks about his yeah. truck backfiring anywhere.
1: I wonder if you like if you play it backwards, it talks about his truck <laughs> backfiring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all. No, it's actual real. It's just like I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. oh, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> Paul is not dead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's your
1: oopsies.
0: Nice. Very, very nice. I like it. Cool, cool. Um, so that's it. That's, that's odd for this week. Yeah, we're um, done. We're finished. We're I am done. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm locking the door. I'm going head to out, head out front. Uh, make sure to lock the door behind you. And uh, of course, I'm going to do my best not to let my truck backfire on my way out of here. Please, please, uh, please make sure. Uh, and I will start a campfire
1: and not pay attention to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, before we do head out though, I just want to let listeners know, make sure, uh, to go check out our Facebook page so you can be up to date on our updates, our posts and our Facebook live shows that we got coming. Um, Also, head over to bicvp radio.com. Make sure you check out a a lot of the other uh, websites, a lot of the other podcasts on that website. Um, We have a whole lot of creators on our site, a lot of podcasts, a lot of of stuff to check out. Uh, So if you like something, make sure to follow them, make sure to subscribe, uh, leave ratings, leave comments.
1: Yeah, I'm sure if you have any sort of passion in any subject, we. For the most part, have something that could tickle that fancy. Exactly.
0: Uh, and I also know Christmas is right around the corner. And, Johnny, you take commissions for your artwork. So uh, people should find you.
1: Yeah, on johnnyism28. That's my Instagram. Uh, you can see samples of my artwork on there. And if it's something that you dig, you think somebody else would dig, uh, commission
0: me. And uh, I'll, I'll tell get you what to work on it. Watch us on that Facebook Live. You'll see some of his artwork right behind me on the wall. That's right. That's um, right. So, all right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go head out and uh, start a fire.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, and uh, as always, we invite you to, of course, go stay. Oopsies. Odd.